on down and join me in the front. Come to the altar. Come on, come all, come everyone. Woo! Come on down. Welcome, welcome to Elevate. We're so glad you're here. I want to give a side note announcement to y'all because it's winter and we all bring a bunch of coats. I know I brought a coat, a vest, a scarf, a hat, mittens. I would like it if we would all leave those things in the back two rows. And if when we sit down and take our seats, we sit in the first three rows, we might have a lot of people, dude. So the first one, two, or three rows, okay? Are we going to sit in the back two rows? Nope. No. Okay. So let's start off. We're great. It's awesome to be here even though it's snowing outside. But I want to remind you guys that Jesus died for us. Who did he die for? Did, did we really say like, well, you know, Jesus, I really need you to come down here and do this for me right now? No, he did it. He did it for us. And in 1 Peter 2, 23 through 25, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins. So we die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. Now let's worship that man who did all this for us, who brought us here today. Let's do it, everybody. All right, let's just open up in a word of prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for the word that actually encouraged us with, Lord God. We thank you that you are real, God, and that this next song that we're talking about is going to talk about your mercy, God, in our lives to reach down and save us, to reach down and touch us, God. So we ask that your Holy Spirit would do the same thing tonight, that you would reach down and touch our hearts afresh, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. Jesus, we give you this time, Lord. 
And for all the new faces who haven't been here, maybe you don't know what we're doing, but we're spending time with God right now. Right now we're thanking God for the things that he's done in our lives. We're singing to someone who knows us better than we know ourselves. Jesus, I pray that you would remind us, oh God, of who you are in this place, Lord. We don't want to take you lightly, God. We don't want to take your presence lightly, God. Jesus, you took my place. Jesus, you made a way. And I was dead, but now I'm alive. Jesus, you took my place. Jesus, you made a would give their very own lives for you, for your sin, for the mistakes, for the failures that you've done, for the ways that you've messed up. God, I thank you for saving me, Lord, because I couldn't save myself. I was in sin, Lord, but I thank you, God, that you reached down and decided to take my place. Nothing about me, God, that makes me special, God. Just the fact that you, you marked my heart, God. And I know you can mark hearts tonight. Some of you guys are getting into worship. And for some of you, you're still in a place of distraction. And whatever it is, I just want you to let it go right now. And to know that God is looking for worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth. God, I thank you that you're looking at hearts tonight, God. Hearts that know you and hearts that don't know you, God. But I pray for those who are hungry right now in this place from a touch from you, God. I pray that you would fill their hearts, God. That you would honor them, oh God. Honor their hearts, Lord.
I'm just begin to thank God for all the times that his love saved you. God, even when we didn't want you, God, even when we didn't care about you, God, even when we sinned against you, God, your love was still pouring out, God. And some of you in this place, your hearts are so hard. Your hearts are so hard. And Jesus is trying to come into your heart and knock in your heart and speak to you, but you're too busy being distracted. check with you tonight, Lord God. I thank you for this series, Lord God, of being in the wilderness and what you're going to do, God, in this time of being in the wilderness, Lord. I pray that people would break out of religion, Lord, in this place, God, that they would just break into the real love that you have, God, and I pray that you would have your way in their lives. The Lord wants to speak to you all tonight. Jesus wants to let you know, I broke those chains. I've broken them. Stop wrapping yourself in the chains of old and wrap yourself in the light of new that I have given you. Stop letting the world fool you. Stop. Look to me. I am your savior. No one in this room can save you. Only Jesus can save you. Lord, we pour out our hearts today. We open those rocky runes that are here. We pray that your blood shines through and wraps it all around us and heals, heals 
all this deep hurt that we have today, Lord. Whatever our parents have done to us, whatever those in this world have done to us does not compare, Lord. Your love is greater than it all. Declare today, your love is greater. Hallelujah, Lord. Your love never fails. It never gives up. today I just pray that we all experience this love today because your love is greater than all these emotions that we have piling in us today Lord let us submit to you and know that you are the true one you are the one that we are here to see Lord you are the only one in our life you are number one priority there is nothing that will go with us in this world when we go to meet you, Jesus. And we all know that being with you is greater than being anywhere in this world, Jesus. We declare today our love for you to follow you today and to be with you each and every day. And we have peace and comfort in this fact that no one can steal and that no one can destroy. And we pray this in your glorious, glorious name. And everybody said? Yo, squad, what's good? Elevate! Elevate! What? What? Yo, let's say in Spanish now. Elevato! KK! Yo, what's up? This is Elevate. What? What? Uh, this is our youth service. We are having fun. We're learning about Jesus, man. There's nothing much greater to do on a Friday night. Am I right? Elevate! Elevate! So, right now, we're in a church, right? This church has a vision. What is the vision, my good sir, in the back? What? Loving God and what? Loving God and loving what? So what do you got to do to love God? Someone tell me. If you don't tell me, if I, oh, my boy Neuli, what you think? Oh, no. Okay, all right, Shamal. What do you think, bro? Come over here. I believe that it means to worship him in truth and obey his commands. Amen. Amen. Let's get it. Amen. Clap for the man. He's in Bible college. He should know that. All right, what about loving people? Does anybody know what loving people means? Okay, um, helping uh, time people, helping people in their time of need, uh, and sharing the gospel. Hey, the beast switched up. That's how you know she got it right. Hey, all right, and we also have a strategy to this uh, this vision. The strategy is connect, mentor, send, send. We uh, connect you to the cross. 
we mentor you. Does anyone know what it means to be mentored? We have a program where we put people on 101 and 201. Do I have any 101ers here? Man, y'all, we can say, let me get my 201ers. Where's the love at? Woo! I'm a 201 too. So if you want to know more about that, ask one of the leaders, man. We got Jovan, he'll tell you. We got Steve, the pastor, in that white tee. We got TJ in the back. We'll tell you about uh, 101 and 201. We'll get you connected. And then we're going to send you out. Everybody say send. Say in Spanish. I don't know Spanish. So, all right, and all this leads up to a goal. The goal is 100,000 people, all right, 100,000, that's a lot. We got 50 churches in Chicago, that's what we want, and 500 churches worldwide. Can I get a amen? Say it like that, amen. That's how you say it, all right. Now, we have two things to announce. We have a toy drive, I believe. Put that up there. A toy drive where we donate. Everybody knows what it means to donate, right? To give freely. Don't expect no money in return. But to give freely out of love in your heart a toy for children that don't have toys in Christmas. Because not everyone has an iPhone 7. Not everyone got the newest PlayStation game. Let's help out. Let's be kind. Let's do what loving people says, all right? And then we that's uh, December 18th. And plus, you know, we might get a pizza party out of it. <laughs> who likes pizza? I said, who likes pizza? I love pizza. So next slide. We have a awesome service uh, going on next week where we're going to basically learn a little, about, a little bit about the Lord's Supper, right? Anybody heard about the Lord's Supper? Well, you're going to learn about it. And then we're going to have food. Can anybody say lechon? We're going to have lechon. We're going to have some rice. We're going to have some beans, brains, greens, you know, all that stuff, dude. So, <laughs> so and all that being said, come through to, uh, next week and it's going to be fun. All right, let's learn about our tithes now. Tithes. Does anybody know what a tithe is? Oh, Samantha, that's my homie right here. She be playing Minecraft, killing the game. Let's see. 10% of your total income. Boom. Didn't even have, she was looking down. All y'all should be ashamed. Now nah, I'm joking. No shame in the house of the Lord. All right. Offering. Who got offering? My boy. My boy. Anything you get after your tither, I think. Tithe in. Dude, you're on fire. You're on fire. We're going to have to cool you down later. Okay. So let's look at the example now. Oh, this is goofy. This is super goofy. 10% of seven gallons of milk. Does anybody know? Anybody want to guess? You want to guess? All right, let's, let's have Michael do it. What's up, Michael? What's up, like Mike? 70%. 70%. Let's see. Is that right answer? Come on, DJ. 0.7 gallons of milk, not including cereal. You're kind of wrong, but you're almost there. Let's get it. Okay, so with that being said, you guys learned about math. You learned about tithe. So let's pray. Everybody bow your head. Lord, I just thank you, God, for uh, Elevate. I thank you for the words these about to preach. I thank you for the leaders that are taking the time out of the week to serve, Lord. And I thank you for the youth that came out in cold weather, God. I pray that you would bless them with a great word, Lord, and that you would bless the tithe, God, that it would be able to uh, send people out on missions, Lord, do the things of, uh, of your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
All right, elevate. Elevate. It's like only this side right here, like one kid, Victor. Elevate. There you go. That's my soldiers right there, man. That's what I'm talking about, dude. You guys make me want to go to war, man. Like Taliban and who? We in shot town right now, man. All right, elevate. Elevate. That's what I'm talking about, man. Uh, right now, as you guys know, we're in a, in a series called what? In the wilderness. If you didn't get that right, it's on the screen really big right here. In the wilderness, right? What is today's title? Right? Some people can read. They be going to school. That's what I'm talking about. This side is like none. Like, forget that. I'm ready for my winter break. I don't want to read. I don't want to do math, anything. He bring up like seven gatherings. People like, I don't know. A cow. Or like, they're like, forget math. I want my vacation. I feel you on that because I go on vacation as well. Praise God, man. Um, but right now, I want to I bring a brother up right now who last week we talked about the wilderness. And we talked about the fact that it's either our way or God's way. And we gave different examples of what it is to be in the wilderness, what the wilderness was, how it all comes about, things like that. How many people received last week from the wilderness, uh, the first part? Amen. You can say amen. It's okay. Amen. We shout in this church. It's all right, you know. Um, so the thing is, I was thinking, I'm like, man, we need to have people actually come up here to testify about the wilderness because it's a real thing. We're either going into a wilderness, in a wilderness, or coming out of a wilderness. One of those three we're in. You know, either either going in, in one, or coming out of one. That's just how life is. Whether you're a believer or not, you are going through some kind of wilderness. And it comes in different shapes and sizes. I want to bring up our brother right now, Jovan. If you can give it up for Jovan right now. Come on, somebody. Jovan right here. I love this brother, man. Many of you guys don't know this. By the way, my name is... Stephen Ramos, I'm the youth pastor here. Praise the Lord, man. And um, I was saved in a county jail, right? I was locked up, saved. God saved me. And believe it or not, this brother right here was with me, all right? Now, when he delivered me, I couldn't take him with. He had to stay behind, okay? God had another time frame for him to come out. But he stood in there, and I want him to talk about the wilderness that he was in and what God did in his wilderness, amen? Let's give it up for Jovan. Amen. Praise God. Um, so, where to begin? Okay, like um, Steve was saying, I was in the county jail for a while, like actually six years, almost six years. Um, man, it happened like crazy. I was hanging out one day, teenager, with my buddies, and, you know, a fight broke out. I was in a bad neighborhood. Fight broke out. I didn't even have anything to do with it at all. But because of what happened, you know, um, in that fight, they ended up coming to get me and lock me up. So just so y'all know, being around the wrong crowd, you can still go to jail. And I was in there for almost six years. So being in there was rough. I mean, you go through a lot, you know, different gangs, people just doing so much. And, you know, that was a... A transition time for me and uh, that's what I began to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior I actually remember the first time I played with God and said you know Jesus I want you to be my Lord and Savior I played with him you know just you know just to go to church or something just to do something didn't really take it real and um, God was like now nah, you need to be real with me 
So uh, I had a situation happen, and I ended up getting moved to this Christian deck. And on that deck is where I began again to try to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But God was telling me, he's like, man, I need to mold you. I need to shape you because I was in there for something I didn't do. So, of course, I thought I was going home. And I thought I was going home quick. But, you know, after a year passed, two years passed, three years passed, it's like, man, God, what's, what's going on? And little did I know it was him shaping and molding me to the person I was to become. You know, I began to read the Bible and study his word, to walk in his word more and more. And I remember the, the, the point where I decided that it was God or it was nothing. It was Jesus or it was nothing. And it was literally on a visit with my mother. I was talking to her about, you know, church being with God and everything. And, you know, how parents are, when parents aren't grown up in the church, they can be hard to talk to about God. And she was just on the visit talking crazy. And, you know, I like spaz. I was like, man, you know what, Ma? If you don't get your life right, you're going to hell, plain and simple. You'll go to hell. And she looked at me, and I was like, what? I'm tired of this visit. I'm leaving. So I walked off the visit. I was mad. And I remember going back in my cell, and it was like, God, you know what? If I get found guilty or if you let me go, I'm going to serve you. And at that moment, that moment, that I made that decision that I was going to serve him whether I go down or not, things started happening in my case like crazy. Like I met a lawyer who ended up taking my case for free, and, I mean, she sped it along. Like this was years I had been in there. Like I told you, I was almost six years. And I, uh, after the lawyer came into my case, after I made that decision, I was only there another year, and I got my not guilty verdict. So, you know, I praise God for that. But I knew at that time that that was, that was the point. So, you know, I want to encourage everyone here to get to that point where it's Jesus or it's nothing. Because that's what life is about. It's about God or it's nothing. It's his way. And I mean, when I say he going to take care of you, he going to take care of you like nobody else. But you got to get to that point. So praise God, you know. Just give it up. Appreciate that, bro. And that's, that's part of the wilderness. That's what we're going to be going through and what we're going to be talking about. Last week, it was God's way or our way or our way or God's way. This week, the title is, You Can Only Serve One. Somebody say, You Can Only Serve One. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we pray, Lord, have your way at this time, God. We ask, Lord God, that we would hear from you, God, that we would hear from heaven, Lord God, what you would have us to receive, what you're trying to tell us through your word, God. I pray, Father God Almighty, that you would use me, Lord God, as a vessel, Lord God, for you, as your mouthpiece right now, God, to speak what thus says the Lord. God, have your way, Father God. I pray, Lord God, that every heart will be open, God, every mind will be open unto you, every spirit, God, and that, Lord, today you will bring deliverance. Today you will give sight to the blind, God, hearing to the deaf, Lord, that the lame will walk again, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would expose, Lord God, the schemes of the devil, Lord God, and that we would be able to know how to fight, Lord God, in your army, God. Have your way, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen, amen. Let's give it up for Jesus. Hallelujah, man. We can go to that next slide. Last week, we talked about where the main verses in here is Luke 
chapter 4, and today we're going to be going 1 through 8, or the last part of that, uh, those verses 5 through 8. Last week we talked about 1 through 4, and this is what happened. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days, how many days? He was tempted by the devil. Who was he tempted by? He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Verse 4, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. And these are the verses right here that we're going to be talking about today. Verse 5 says, the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship, which means to, to have reverence to or devotion to the Lord your God and serve him only. Let's read that all together, that last part, without the definition of worship. One, two, three. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. If we can go to the next slide. The, the, the Satan's temptations, he jumps right into it. Last week we talked about basically what Jesus Christ went through. God himself, the Holy Spirit, who was God, part of the Godhead, led Jesus into the wilderness and in the wilderness for 40 days, which he ate nothing. And at the end of that, the devil began to tempt him. See, how many know if you, if you haven't eaten for 40 days, you're going to be real angry, right? As humans, we're going to be real angry. If you don't eat, some of us don't eat for some hours. We're like, look, I will hurt you right now. Don't even talk. Don't whistle. Don't do anything. I will hurt you. I haven't ate. All I hear is my stomach. I'm mad. This is what's happening, right? And we do that, and we're hangry, right? We are hangry at that point. Do not even look at me because I would choke you, right? Like I would choke you out. And we have that mentality, you know what I mean? So the thing is, mind you, Jesus Christ in the wilderness hasn't eaten for 40 days. And after the 40 days, according to the word, then the devil started to tempt him after 40 days without eating him. You don't give me food for 40 days. I will become Al-Qaeda in this place. Like, I'm a terrorist just walking around looking for somebody to hurt because I'm so hungry, all right? 40 days is a very long time. I don't eat cereal for a week, and I'm already messed up. Like, dude, what's going on? Give me Lucky Charms. Give me something right now. Just put some cereal in my body. I will lose it, you know, because cereal is my thing, right? So the thing is, he goes into this place 40, year, or 40 days, and in the end, he didn't eat nothing. In the end, the devil tempted him as we read and we heard last week. And last week, it was talking about the lust of the flesh, how the enemy attacked Jesus Christ through his identity. And he said, if you are the son of God, turn this bread into stone. So basically, he was trying to get Jesus Christ, as he went into the wilderness, to try to do things on his own initiative, on his own strength, rather than on the strength and initiative of God himself. We talked about how the wilderness is just not a place where we're not supposed to be at. Like, no, the wilderness, no, that's not a place for me. That's, some, that's for the unbelievers. That's for people who are in sin. That's for just people who are disobedient. It's for those people, but it's not for me. 
But we learned if Jesus Christ was led into the wilderness by his father, by the Holy Spirit and his father, it was God's will. Then that means that we are not better than our master. We have to be like him. So God is going to lead us into the wilderness as well. And then we ask the question, why the wilderness? What is his purpose? And that is what we're talking about through this whole series. The purpose of the wilderness is not to harm us or to destroy us, but it's actually to get us to be the children of God that God wants us to be. See, because before we get saved, or I should say when we get saved, we still have some traits that need to be worked out. We still need some transforming to do. We still need some pruning to do. Yes, we are saved. Our soul is saved. Our names are written in the book of life by faith alone in Jesus Christ. We are saved by grace through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, a gift. But nonetheless, it is a gift that is given to us freely, but God loves us so much that he's like, okay, I saved your life, but that doesn't mean that, fine, you're going to heaven. I don't want to leave you in your mess. I love you enough to take you out of your mess, to transform you fully to be the man or woman I want you to be. So that once I do that, according to the Bible, it says when you are strengthened, go back and strengthen your brother. But you can't go strengthen your brother if you're still jacked up. Hey, dude, man, stop smoking weed, and you're still smoking weed yourself. Does that make any sense? Like, dude, shut up, man. Pass the blunt. That's that's what's going to happen. That's the kind of response you're going to get. Your buddy's going to look at you and say, dude, I got halves. Let's do this. Go to the hood. Let's go. And you're going to be smoking with him instead of trying to get him to stop smoking weed. So the thing is, the wilderness itself then was a purpose for all of us. And the first one we see, Jesus Christ giving us an example that when the devil comes, he will come to mess with your heart first. He will try to attack you with your flesh, with what's inside of you, your identity, your character, your integrity. And he starts, to te- he starts to try to attack those areas because if he can break that down, then he can get you to act like him, a liar, a thief, a cheater, a man that has no integrity, no characters, a lot. Just you cannot be trusted. And then we go on to hear the next one after, after Jesus gave him the word, Jesus told him, no man should not live on bread alone, meaning, but only on the word, but on the words that proceed out of God's mouth, right, of what God has said, that's what we must live on. The devil's going to attack our flesh, he's going to do all these things, but we draw off of what God says, not what the world says, but what God says. And then it takes us to this next one, part two. It's going to be, you cannot serve, you could only serve one. Satan's temptation. Look how the devil works now. You're in the wilderness. God has opened up the door. He said, I want you to go into the wilderness. And he's not going to tell you that. It's like, son, go into the wilderness. You're not going to hear it like that. Okay, it's not going to happen like that at all. Okay? All of a sudden, you're going to be walking. And you realize, oh, my goodness, why is all this stuff happening to me? Why am I being tempted with this stuff? You understand what I'm saying? You look at a girl, and it's like, I want that. You look at a guy, I want that. You look at Jordans, I want that. You look at all these other things, I want that, right? But how many know these things come with a cost? It comes with a cost. And we're going to talk about these things. So, man, he's led up to um, the second temptation of the devil. This is how he works. You're in this wilderness now, and all of a sudden you're asking, why am I here? Why am I being tempted like this? What is the purpose of all these things? I want to run out. And that's the first reaction, the natural reaction, is to run. That is a natural reaction. The moment we feel pressure on us, we want to run. I don't know what this brother's doing here, but just pray for the brother, okay? But we want to run. How many know what I'm talking about, right? 
your boyfriend, girlfriend, break up with you, whatever. You're like, no, no. In that case, you want to run back to the person that just cheated on you. You're like, what? What are you doing? He just, he's beating on you. Whatever. It's like, no, no, but come here. I love you. Wait, don't go. You know, you want to run to the trouble. Some of us, we were dealing with other things. We want to run from God. So right here, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is in the wilderness, and he's being tempted by the devil. And the devil says this, or this is what happened with the devil. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all the authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. I'm going to ask you guys a question. If I took you to Mount Everest, tallest mountain in the world, right? Am I right? I think, I think it is. If it's not, hey, whatever. But it's a high mountain, right? Everest is really high, okay? High mountain. Can you see the whole world from there? Why not? If I took you on a space shuttle, straight to the moon, we're on there, we're chilling, listening to Snoop Dogg or something, I don't know, just bam, just doing a thing, right? Dude, I'm going to show you the whole world. When you look back, you still can't see the whole world, right? You could only see what you're seeing in front of, but you can't see around the earth, right? But the word of God says here that the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all, somebody say all, the kingdoms of the world. It's impossible. Can't do that. And in Jerusalem, there is no mountains like that, okay? And this, inside, this, uh, inside this wilderness, there is no mountain that is that high. But nonetheless, the Bible says this. So what was happening was the devil must have been showing Jesus Christ. He took him to a mountain. Showed him all, you know, the, the kingdoms that in front of him, but it says he showed him all the kingdoms of the earth. So that means that the devil then began to give Jesus Christ like a fantasy. He began to give him a slideshow of all the things that he can have. All the things that, hey man, you'll be doing this. People will honor you. You can do all this stuff. Not only that, before this, we read, according to last week, right, in, uh, in Luke chapter 3, in the end of that chapter, we read that Jesus Christ, God the Father, let him know, you are my son, I love you, and I'm well pleased with you. Jesus Christ, if you read the Gospels, he was always talking about where he came from and where he was going. He knew this. According to John chapter 1, it talks about that without Jesus Christ, the worlds weren't made. He, with him, was the world was made. It was all made by Jesus Christ. But yet the devil here is trying to give him authority that was never given to the devil to Jesus Christ over all the kingdoms. Think about this. Jesus made this thing. He made Satan himself. Think about this. Why would Jesus allow him to do that? Why even entertain the conversation? Think about this. We're talking about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Alpha and the Omega. He knows the, he knows the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. He knows everything in between. He knows everything. He knows what you're thinking right now. Some of you guys are like, man, dude, I want to go to the crib. I want to play my video game. I just got a PS4 yesterday. My, my wife, awesome, got me a PS4 for my birthday. Give it up for wifeies, right? One day you guys will have a wife or husband. They can do that too. But right now, take it easy. Just drive slow. So the thing is, I'm like, man, I want to go home, play PS4. I want to check it out. I don't know what's going on with it, whatever. I'm an Xbox dude. I might burn it, whatever, right? Because this was going on, but all of us are thinking whatever we're thinking. God knows these things, right? But look what happens. Why would Jesus Christ, who knows all things, allow the devil to take him first up a mountain? Think about this. You're Satan. Come up here. You're Satan, right? You're leading me. Say, I'm Jesus. Humble Jesus. I'm not Jesus, but, you know, 
Bam, you're no, no. You're, you want to be Jesus, dude. This is my brother right here. You want to be the good guy. You are the bad guy today, okay? You are Satan himself. So turn this way, right? He's going up this mountain. I'm Jesus. I'm behind him. Go ahead, Satan. Lead me. You know, lead the way. I'm now following Satan up this mountain. Think about this. What was Jesus thinking about? For one, as us, us looking back, Jesus, why are you following this goofball? He is Satan. Why would you follow him? But yet he's following Satan up this mountain. He knows what Satan's going to say. He knows what Satan's going to do. You can sit down. He knows all this stuff. He even knows what he's about to say. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? He is Jesus Christ. Why would he then allow the devil to do this? And this is a question I ask God myself as I'm, I'm putting this study together. And the simple answer was, because I had to show you. I had to show the world what was going on with the devil. One, the schemes and temptations of the devil and what he has been doing to, me, to my people from ages and ages to come. See, it wasn't for Jesus' sake. He was doing it for humanity's sake, to teach us what was going on. Jesus knew, well, he knew who he was. He was secure in his position. He created everything, including, including Satan. Do you really think he wanted the kingdoms of the earth? It was his anyways. Satan didn't have no authority to give him anything. Satan was Satan. He can't even create dirt, let alone give nations away. He's only, he's a devil. He got no power. He's a toothless, he's a toothless fake lion trying to war at us, but has no power at all except power to deceive, power to lie to us, power to paint pictures in our mind, mirages that are not true. He has the power to give us false hope, the power to give us false love, false aspirations, false dreams, false dependencies on the opposite, or some of us the same, well, not me, but some of you guys the same sex. He has power to do these things, to deceive. Jesus was going up here for our sake. And he's going to go ahead and lie to Jesus. That's one thing, right? Jesus did. The second one is that he lied to Jesus about who, what kind of authority he had. He said, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. What, what the devil was trying to do, because he played with the character of Jesus Christ in the first temptation. The second temptation, which we're talking about now, he's trying to play with his eyes. It's called the lust of the eyes. Think about this. The lust of the eyes. He takes Jesus up to this high mountain, just like he takes us up to many different mountains. And he says, look at this. And we start to look. And we start to wonder. Can that be mine? Can I have that? Can I be the most popular person in school? Can I have the baddest chick in school or the baddest dude in school? Can I have those Jordans? Can I have those video games? And we begin to conversate with our own thoughts without realizing that our thoughts are really not our thoughts. They're actually the devil's thoughts. See, because Satan is not going to come at us and be like, hey, I'm Satan. Do you want this? No. He's going to have you first take you to a place or even in school as you walk in the, lo in the locker or, 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 or hallway inside the cafeteria. And all of a sudden you're going to look up and this one person is going to look like heaven to you. And you're like, oh, right. One of those things. You're like, my good. And then don't make eye contact with you. And then all of a sudden the things start rolling, right? Your brain starts going. 
and you're already having three kids with this person, you're married, you're like, yep, a fence, white house, gray rooms, I see it all right here. And the devil starts painting this mirage. And you know what he starts doing with that mirage? While you're in the wilderness, but you're in the wilderness by God for a purpose so that God can deal with your life to get stuff out of your life and put his stuff in your life so you can honor God. The devil comes to do the opposite, to kill, steal, and destroy. So all of a sudden, you're looking at this thing, and you're thinking about this person like, I can do that. And see, the devil doesn't give us the full truth. What the devil does is give you a half-truth and says, that can be yours. If you just take this exit, it will be yours. Take the fast way out, it would be yours. And many of us fall to that lie. And this is the lie. Or before we go on. Last week we talked about the lust of the flesh. This week is the lust of the eyes. If the enemy cannot get you from the inside out, then he will get you with the outside in. If he can get the world inside of you through your eyes, through the lust of the eyes, then he can eventually get your heart and begin to control whatever he wants you to do. Do you guys understand that? Billboards all over the place. Pornography grows by the day in the thousands of websites for pornography. All these other things are happening. And the reason being is because the lust of the eyes are so powerful that the devil says, if I can't get you from the inside out, then I will get you from the outside in. I will get you to entice, I will entice you to begin to like the opposite sex. I would entice you to begin to like the same sex. I would entice you to think that this girl is everything to you. And all along in the background, you don't really know it, but it's a hole, a big old ditch right behind it. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. If we can go to the next slide. The lust of the eyes, the two things that uh, the devil was offering God and which offers us is authority and splendor. If you go back, right, it says right here, it says the devil took him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said, I will give you all their authority and splendor. What is authority and splendor? A, temptation. He will give you the temptation of authority or to be in charge or have power to control someone or something. You see, in many of us, the devil will come, and even for believers and leaders in this room, like, bro, you can be the pastor, you can be the leader, you can go on ahead and do all these other things if you just do it your own way. If you cut some corners, if you compromise right here, you can get there faster. If you do this, if you do that, you can get there faster. You can do it your own way. And even some of us just ask back of the believers, the devil begins to tempt us with authority. And said, you can be this person if you just do it this way, your own way. Forget God. Do it your own way. You see this job? I can get you this job. Do it your own way. Steal, lie, cheat. Do all these other things, and you will be the man in charge. And we take the bait. The next one is splendor. It's the temptation to have impressive beauty or glory. See, many of us deal with that. We deal with that insecurity that we want everybody to like us. It's a common thing. We're like born with this thing. We deal with the fact that we want people to be impressed with us. We don't ever want to fail. We want to shine bright as a diamond, right, like Rihanna said. We want to shine in this. We want to shine in school. We want to do all these other things. We want the splendor. We want the glory. Our flesh craves glory. And see, the devil begins to play on these very things that was, that was created within us to use it for his own glory. 
authority and his splendor. And this is the cost, though. He doesn't tell us the cost. The Bible says in Luke 4, 7, if you can go on to the next one. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Look at the devil does, how he tempts the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the cost you would have to pay. Many of us are paying that cost right now. Real comfortable, real at ease, no pressure on any side. You think it's all good. You think, man, I'm out in the wilderness no more. I escaped the wilderness. I'm doing good. And the whole time, you're blind. You don't even know what's going on. You're thinking that you're still worshiping God. In reality, you're still worshiping Satan, not God. You say, Steve, you're crazy, man. I'm never worshiping Satan. Man, you're nuts, man. I'm out of here. The devil shows us only the good things that can be gained, but does not show or tell us the cost of them in the end. This would have cost Jesus everything and will cost us more than we get out of it. Mark 8.36 says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? What good is it? In the end, that is what Satan wants us to do, to forfeit our soul. You see, and this comes, family, in many ways. It comes in ways that is so subtle that we think it's good. I got a buddy at, at, uh, at my job that I've been telling you guys about here and there. The leaders know about him. And I told him today, I said, man, dude, I'm, uh, can I use you in, in the sermon today when I preach today to the youth? Because it's exactly what I'm talking about. And he said yes. And I've been telling this brother about the series we're about to go into, last week's sermon, and then what we're going to preach on today. He said, can you tell me about it? And I've been telling him, brother, you're in the wilderness. And he says, but I don't want to be in the wilderness. I don't like the wilderness. So he tells me I work, right? But I don't care. I still preach to him, right? So the thing is, he tells me, he said, man, uh, the other day we were at the museum. You guys seen the pictures? And he said, man, my girlfriend left me. You can see it over his face, all jacked up, right? Been dating six months. My girlfriend left me. I said, man, why'd she leave you, man? I messed it up, man. You know, I messed it up, whatever, you know? I'm talking to the brothers today. I said, man, you know, you need to go back to Jesus. You're in the wilderness right now. God set this up. And if you honor God in this wilderness rather than try to do this your own, but if you go back to God, God will have you come out of this wilderness better than what you were when you first came in. You will be sold out to Jesus rather than sold out to a person. Today I talked to the brother and said, man, Steve, can you tell me what you're preaching? Can you just give me a breakdown of it real fast? Let's sit down, let's talk about this. I told him exactly what I'm going to be preaching about. And you know what he tells me? He said, you have just told me exactly what I'm going through in my life right now. He says, I was willing to go to hell for that girl. He said, if Jesus didn't break that relationship up, I was willing to go to hell for that girl. Do you guys understand the meaning of that? He knows the Bible. He goes to church. He does all these things, but yet alone, he was willing to give up his very soul to go to hell to be with that girl. And the whole time, he's thinking he's saved. I'm good. Everything's cool and dandy. I'm awesome. I love God. I'm worshiping God. I'm doing my thing. And the whole time, he was really worshiping Satan. He never counted the cost. He never took into consideration, God, is this you? You see, the thing about it, many of us inside this room, whether it be the opposite sex, whether it be clothing, whether it be just authority, splendor, wanting attention, wanting to be the most popular person in school, the devil sets things up in order for us to be destroyed. 
And see, we may be walking along in the wilderness and we're feeling the pressure. And then all of a sudden, the devil comes. The Bible says he describes himself as an angel of light. If he describes himself as an angel of light, he, he masquerades himself as an angel of light. Would, it, would his servants not be also masquerade as angels of lights? Think about that. If the devil is able to do it, he can allow his little Satan spawn people to do it as well. And all of a sudden, he told me today, yeah, but she said she was a Christian. Yeah, but what's she doing? What's she clubs and parties and everything else? She's a Christian? Does it make sense? It doesn't go together. And the thing is, the devil has trapped many men, thousands of men, thousands of females for the opposite sex. Now, is relationships bad? No. They're not bad. I'm not saying never date, you know what I mean, just chill with your dog and stuff, name him Fido, love on him. I'm not saying none of that stuff. Relationships are awesome when you do it in a godlike manner. It's the only way to work. But if they're not in a godlike manner, you know what happens? They're in a Satan-like manner. Because the devil will use that same person who you thought it was perfect just for you. Because that's what he said. He's like, bro, but her hair, her body, the way she was shaped, the way she looked, her skin tone. She was the perfect girl for me. And I said, dude, don't you think Satan knows that about you? He will send you, while you're in the wilderness, the perfect person for you. And the whole time, he sets up this mirage, this awesome picture, thinking, man, I'm going to live my life with this person, and all these other things are going to be so awesome. But that same person is leading you to hell. The person you call your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. Now, this can happen with a job. Man, I just want to do me. I just want to work. I just want to get money, dude. I'm trying to get money, man. Jesus, yeah, I know you own everything, but God, I want to get my own money. I'm in this wilderness, but I'm in the wilderness just for me. Just so I can be about me. I'm in my own wilderness, God. I don't need you, God. I'm, I'm going to do me. I'm going to get money, and I'm going to do me. I'm going to get out the hood. And then we begin to say, we begin to, like, have a list of things that sound like righteous. Like, dude, I'm getting out the hood. I'm going to take my family with me. I'm going to sell all these drugs. Like, what? Like, what? Well, you make sense, dude. You, you might even make it. You and your mom are going to be locked up. You know what I mean? But we, we, the devil paints these little stupid pictures for us, and we take them and run with them. And the whole time, we're really worshiping Satan because that is the cost of it. He said, if you would worship me. That is the goal of Satan. If you would worship me. And we talked about this. Doing me really means doing Satan. Like, no, I would never do that. Seven, the devil don't talk to me. He don't got nothing going on with me. He has no power over me. He's, he wants you to believe that. He wants us to believe that he has no power. The greatest lie ever that the, that the devil has made is, one, there is no God, and two, there's no devil. There's no devil. See, but when he comes to you, he doesn't come to you in his own voice. He comes to you like he's going to come to him, and he will say, I want that. I like that. And this is Satan talking in your head. And so you receive it as your own thought. You think it's really you talking like, dude, I really want this. Like, I want this. And the whole time, it's the devil saying, I want this. I like her. I like her swag. I like her booty or whatever, right? Let's keep it real, right? Some of you are like, no, no, but you guys had sex education today and just watch all type of craziness in school today. Like, you know what I mean? I said booty, ooh, right? 
We're keeping it real here. This is real stuff because this is what the devil does. See, it could be video games. It could be sports. And he sets up this whole thing, man. It's like, dude, I'm going to be the next best soccer player. I see it all. It's happening. You're like 13. You're like, dude, I see it all. I'm going to win everything. I'm going to Italy. I'm doing big things. And you forget about Jesus. And now sports has become your God. But really, behind sports, guess who's there? Satan himself. And you're worshiping Satan because you're putting that which you're doing in front of God. You see, this whole thing, man, can be summarized in one word. It's idolatry. Idolatry is putting anything before God, anything before God, and we begin to worship that thing. And I don't mean worship it like, oh, my God, you know, you're going up and down, and you're doing all type of crazy little moves, and you know what I mean? You're doing bat flicks for this thing or whatever. I'm not talking about that kind of dumb stuff. I'm talking about the worship, meaning reverence, respect, and devotion to more than God. And we do that sometimes with video games. We do that with everything, even as, as leaders. We hear the Lord telling us, son, come pray. Son, daughter, come read my word. And you're like, no, God, man, I just, I want to see this episode, man. It's getting good, man, like Walking Dead or whatever your thing is, right? Like, man, oh, man. Empire, man. Like, like, no, Lord, like, dude, he's, he's about to get smacked. God, I got to see this, man. Like, Lord, I'll, I'll holler at you tomorrow. I'll, you know what I mean? Like, tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. I'm going to elevate tomorrow. I'll, just, I'll, I'll pray over there. I, I got you, God. Right there and then, we have put that thing in front of God. It has become an idol in front of God. Anything we put in front of God. Your girlfriend can be an idol before God. Your boyfriend can be an idol before God. Your mom, your brother, your sister can be an idol before God. Your Jordans that you take care of more than you, than you take care of reading your Bible can be an idol before God. All these things can be an idol before God. If you worship me, it would all be yours. It's a lie. He can never give you nothing. But false hope, he brings that person. I like to talk about relationships because the majority of us walk away from God because of a guy or girl. We walk away without a problem. We do it with just at ease. Because we're in the wilderness, and inside this wilderness, God is trying to work on the fact of just worship me only, serve me only. And he takes him to the wilderness. He begins to show us all these things. But guess who's in the wilderness also? Satan. And see, we're looking and we're craving for relationship because God put that in us. And we're craving for attention. And we're craving to be loved. We're craving to be hugged. We're craving to have material things in our body. We're craving money and cars, our own apartment because my mom is driving me crazy. We're craving all these stuff, education and things like that. And the devil comes and says, you're craving it. I'll give it to you. You don't have to die on the cross, Jesus. I can give you the world right now. You don't have to go through this, uh, sir, ma'am. I can give you this right now. And see what he does, he presents that person of the opposite sex or that very thing, and now we find relationship with somebody other than God. And he, he paints this picture, and we walk through the exit without even looking back and saying, God, is this you? God, is this you? No, we just run right through that door. And you know what happens? He doesn't tell us behind that door that we'll become pregnant at like 15. And it'll devastate your whole life because it will change the whole course of your life. He never tells you that that same person, guy or girl, is going to lead you to smoke weed. And then from smoking weed, you're doing other things. You're smoking crack. You're doing cocaine. 
you're doing heroin. He doesn't tell you that once you come out this door, you will be mine, you will worship me, and I will have you in this wilderness for 40 years. You will be doing drugs, you will be raped, you will be stabbed, you will be almost killed, you will be homeless. He doesn't tell you none of these things. He only tells you what you want to hear. I can give you love. I can give you hope. I can give you peace. He's standing right here. She's standing right here. It's standing right here. It's right here. If you just grab a hold of this, I can give it to you. It's all right here in one package. It's a lie because he can't give you anything. He can give you a fake sense of it, but it's not real. Because in the end, he will have that same person break your heart. In the end, you be, that person becomes your God. And once that God is gone, guess what you have? Nobody. You have nobody. And now after that, he'll come tell you, I just want to kill myself. And you think that's your thought. I just want to take my life. And you think, man, that is a good idea. That is a good idea. And that's how the devil works. In the end, he wants to destroy us. Will you fall into that trap? Because this is what we're up against. It's only God's way or our way. We can only serve one. We can't serve that other person. We can't serve that thing. We can't serve your Xbox, your PS4, your job, none of that. We must serve only one. And if that one ain't God, then it's Satan. That's it. There is no middle. It's no serving me. Serving you, according to the Bible, is serving Satan himself. I would never serve Satan. Yeah, I keep telling you that. Keep telling yourself that. And matter of fact, you think that's you saying that. That's the devil himself. I'm not serving Satan. Right, I ain't serving Satan. No, Satan ain't even real. Yeah, Satan ain't even real. And you're not realizing this joker's right behind you telling you this stuff. Satan don't exist. Yeah, Satan don't exist. I can do me. I'm going here and game bang. I could, that gonna happen to me. Cool, I could run away from the crib. I, that gonna happen to me. Old time, he's right here. He's right here. Will you be that person? Will you continue to be that sucker for Jesus, that sucker for Satan? Now we want to talk about how can we fight. We hear about what the devil can do, but what can God do? What can God do? Because some of us have fallen into the same pit. We're here today because we have fallen into a pit. We are in a wilderness and we're wondering, how do we get out the way God wants us to get out? Should I just accept this fast way out and accept this, this instant gratification, the instant security, the instant, you know, feeling the good feeling of my heart again so I can smile again, even though this guy, I know he's not of God? Can I just don't take him back? No. This is what Jesus' response and defense was. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him or him only. One, you use the word of God, it is written. You go back to the Bible. We tell you guys, read the word of God, not for your own health, not for my health. Just because, oh, that's the pastor. Man. Let me just start the pastor. Let me just read the words. When he asked me, hey, yeah, I read the word last week. One verse. Jesus wept. I got it, dude. It was awesome. I experienced God like that. Like, no, you didn't. We deal with that with our children. Hey, read the Bible. Go do the devotion. Come back. And they can give you all the answers. Then you look at their life, and it's like, dude, you had it, but what happened? You just read it. It doesn't go in. It doesn't go into your heart. There's no transformation, nothing. Jesus had the word inside of him, and therefore he was able to speak it out of him with power and authority. 
Number, number, and then number two, it says worship, reverence, devotion, the Lord our God or your God. That's the second one. We need to make up our minds that, Lord, no matter what, as, as a testimony was given, no matter what, God, no matter what happens to me, I'm following after you. I'm going with you, Jesus. And number three, serve him only. How do we fight? We use what was written. If you can keep going. We use what is written in the Bible from promises to commands. That is why it's important to read your Bible. And number two, we worship, reverence, have devotion to the Lord our God only. And three, we serve God only. That is how we fight, brothers and sisters. If I can have uh, Stephanie come up here. You can go to the next slide. If we could all stand as well. You know what upsets me the most? All right, when I'm reading this, man, it just, I had like a righteous anger, man, inside of me. You see, the Bible says be angry, but do not sin. And how do we do that? But we do that by having a righteous anger. And see, this righteous anger was the fact of, man, I'm tired of being used and abused by the devil himself. I'm tired of it, man. I'm tired of him using my youth and all the people that are here that I know, my loved ones that are here in this place. I'm tired of the enemy using them and constantly setting them off with weed and sex and drugs and, 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 and all these other things, false relationships, false hopes, false dreams. Because he tells you, man, if you man, smoke that weed, let me smoke this weed so I can feel better right now. But he doesn't tell you, man, an hour from now, you're going to feel even worse. Man, my heart feels broken, man. I just, I just want to have compassion. Let me go on ahead and have some sex, man. Let me just, let me hit some, you know, let me do something. But he doesn't tell you after that you're going to have an STD. Or you're going to come out pregnant from a one-night stand or something. He doesn't tell you what happens when you go down that, ra that route, that path. And see, the thing is, he tricks us into thinking, hey, there's a fast way out the wilderness. It's this way. It's, it's with this girl. It's with this guy. Or it's with this drug. Or it's with this, man. It's going clubbing and, and doing all those other things, man. It's twerking and all this other stuff. It's go this way. Game bang. You want family? Look, there's gang members. Go get a gang member. Go join a gang. There's family there. And it gives us like this false thing like, hey, I'm going to get out of this wilderness. I'm tired of being under pressure. I'm tired of God refining me in the fire. And we go off this imaginary door because it's an imaginary door. He can never give you a real door out. It's an imaginary door where you run out the wilderness, so you think, and the whole time you never left the wilderness. You never left it. You never left the wilderness. He just blinds you to think you did. And you know what you've been doing the whole time? Is this. Let me go in a circle. One relationship to the other relationship. One drug to the other drug. To alcohol. To abuse immorality, pornography, and you're sitting here chasing your own dreams, chasing your own fantasies, chasing your own desires, and the whole time God is saying, everything you need, everything you're looking for, it's right here. It's in me. It's in me. Is the wilderness tough? Yes, it is. Because it goes against our very fleshly nature. Is it hard? Yes, it is. 
Because you're being refined, man. It's like you're a tree and God is cutting off branches. That hurts. He cuts off things that are not supposed to be there. Idolatry. Stop leaning on human beings for comfort and relationship. Lean on me. I got to cut that off. Stop doing drugs and leaning on these things. I need to cut that off. Stop putting things before me. I need to cut that off. And see, that hurts at the time. But according to the Bible, in the end, it results in the righteousness and holiness that is in God Almighty. It bears more fruit of righteousness. See, the devil doesn't want that. And our flesh doesn't want that. We have that branch sticking out like, man, I love the opposite sex. Man, hey, at least I'm not, uh, you know, homosexual. Uh, at least I'm with the other part of the sex and, uh, you know, this thing. And it's good and they comfort me and, you know what I mean, whenever I'm sad, I can go to them. And whenever I'm crying, I can go to them. Or, or whenever I'm going through something, I can play this game. Or, or I can do this, I can do that. Or I can smoke weed whenever I'm going through something. We do these things. And we love it because our flesh loves it. And see, it's those kind of branches right there as you're in the wilderness that the devil's like, let's make this stronger. Let's make sexual immorality stronger. Let's cultivate that. Let's cut some of the things you can grow even more. And the devil's like, no, we need to cut this off. And you're like, no, but I like this. I like my girl. I like drugs. I like doing me. It feels good to tell my mother, no, but do my way. And that's pride and everything else. And the devil's cultivating that, making sure that it sticks there. And God's like, no, son, daughter, I need, to, I need to cut this off. I need to remove this from your life. Because if you don't, it will destroy you in the end. What will we do? These are things we need to ask ourselves. Have you put someone or something or yourself before God that has taken the place of God in your life? Think about that. Have you did that? If you put somebody, you're being yourself or something in front of God. And instead of going to God, when you're going through something, you pick up the phone and you call that someone. Man, I'm going through something, man. Yeah, baby, how you doing? Oh, man, what's going on? What you got on? Are oh, you crazy? Oh, yeah, and actually you're three hours talking to this other person, right? Or you call your dude up, man, dude, man, my mama, she yelling at me, man. I got halves in a bag, dude. Yeah, bring the swishers. Oh, I got you, dude, I'm there. And you're there smoking weed and stuff, getting high as a cot, thinking about, man, my mama, she's a jerk, stupid old woman, tired of this stuff, this, that, and the other. And the devil's just feeding you, man, and feeding you this nonsense. And he continues to do it, and you put these things before God, and God is like, son, daughter, all you need to do is come to me, and I'm going to give you life and life more abundantly, life everlasting. Number two, do you need to put God first in your life and worship him only. You see, that takes devotion. It takes dedication. Are you willing to do that? See, because God was willing to honor the Father by all means. He responded to Satan and he said, no, you must worship the Lord your God and him only serve. Serve him only. He was letting the Satan know. And as a matter of fact, if you go to Matthew in that same part of the verse, he says, Satan, get behind me. Satan, get behind me. You see, the wilderness is not there to destroy us. The wilderness is there to change our lives for God Almighty. To remove that which is not of God and to put in us that which is of God. Will we allow him to do that? Or will we be stuck like everybody else? Will you be a minority in a sense of following everybody else, expecting different results? It's insanity. It's insanity. 
It's the definition of insanity. Yeah, that happened to do, but I'm going to do it. It's not going to happen to me. You're stupid. You're a fool for doing that according to the Bible. It's insanity to think I'm going to sell drugs and be a game banger, but what happened to that game banger is not going to happen to me. But I'm going to do the same thing he's doing, but it's not going to happen to me. You fool. The devil has deceived you. You're insane to expect different results. Oh, I'm going to do this relationship without God. I'm just going to do it our way, man. We're just going to do just me and you. We don't need God. We got this. You fool. The enemy will come and destroy you like this. And before you know it, the same person you love, you will begin to hate. And that same person you love will destroy you. The devil will use that person to destroy you. I've been there. I've done that. I was divorced once. Remarried. Second marriage. I'm telling you from experience. I fed into that nonsense. That mirage. That I thought, man, this girl, man, I'm going through something. My wife ain't acting right. I'm, you know what I mean? I was all stupid in the head, backslidden. Come across a girl, the devil sent a girl my way. And I said, man, I can get comfort from this girl. I can get this from this girl. I was believing the lie, believing the mirage. Who would have known where that would have taken me to, man? It would destroy me. And I'm telling you guys, it will destroy you. That is the purpose of the enemy, but God's purpose is to have you in this wilderness to have his way. To treat you like a good father does his son. To raise up a son or daughter. To be awesome. To be mighty. To do great and marvelous things for God in this world. That is God's purpose for our life. And number three, the last one. Do you need to turn back to God and away from the devil based on how you've been living your life and lusting after things you've been seeing? Is there things in your life, man, you've been looking at and it's like, oh, I want that, and I will take that at all costs. And if the devil put that right in your face, you already have, you already determined in your mind, I will go. I will go after that thing. If the right dude comes, the way you like him, the way he talks, his swag, everything else, will you follow after that person and just disown God? You better deal with that now. And that goes vice versa with the other opposite sex, whatever. Guy to a girl, girl to a guy, whatever it is. Has your eyes been playing tricks on you lately? And you've been going after things that you that the devil been showing you. He's been giving you that slideshow, just like he gave uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a slideshow of all the things you could be, all the things you could have, how much respect you would have, how much, uh, uh, how much you know, things you would have, how much glory you can receive. He's been putting a slideshow in your face. There's a faster way to do it. He's telling you there's a faster way to do it. You don't need to do it this way. You do it your way. Your way, not God's way. God's way takes too long. Do it your way. Blinding you by a slideshow of nonsense. If we can go on to the last one, man. This is what we need to do right here. Let God deal with your lust of your eyes. Would you be willing to let God deal with the lust of your eyes? See, because if the devil can't get you from the inside out, he would try to get us from the outside in. And it's with the lust of the eyes. See, many of us, God has in the wilderness right now. And it's not so Satan can have his way unless you allow Satan to. Because obviously we see, even with Jesus, the devil is in the wilderness. Yes, he is. But you know who's greater in the wilderness? Who's with you? Jesus. He is there too. 
He's giving us an example. He has given us a blueprint. And he's saying, son, daughter, follow my way. Follow what I did. Remember my word. Put it in your heart and speak it against the devil. Stand your ground. Worship God. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Because if you don't, that girl, that guy will send you off. That drug will eventually get a hold of you. That video game, something that's not even sinful, will become sinful. It will become idolatry. And it will be go before God. And the whole time you're thinking you're worshiping God, but really you're worshiping a material thing or a person. Where are you at today? With every eye closed, every head bowed, if we can take this away, whoever's doing this. I don't know who you are. I don't know, I don't know what you're dealing with in your wilderness right now. But I know the lust of the flesh is real. And you may be thinking, the devil won't get me like that. I'm going to tell you something. That ain't God's thought. That's not God saying that. And it's the devil telling you that in your head. The devil won't get me. He's not going to get me. I can keep doing what I'm doing. I'll get away with it. I've been alive this long. I, you know, God seems to overlook it. No. He's not overlooking it. He sent me to warn you. How long? How long? The time is coming up where you have to answer for your soul and answer for your life. Where will you stand? Father, in the name of Jesus, God. Lord, I know this message, God, when I was preparing it, God, I had to repent, God. I remember all the times, God, even just yesterday, God, where you were calling me. Son, come pray. Son, come read. Come seek my face. Come spend time with me. And I was like, God, no. I'll do it later, God. I just want to lay on my couch. I just want to chill. And that was me, God. I put just wanting to chill in front of you, God. Wanting to sit there and just play a video game or watch a show. And I put it in front of you, God. I committed idolatry. And God, I pray, Lord God, that I would obey you, God. Not the lust in my eyes, Lord God. But, Lord, that I would honor you. I would worship you, God, and serve only you, God. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins, Father. And, God, I pray right now, kneel before you, God, in the name of Jesus. And, God, I pray, Lord, that as I'm in the wilderness, God, that, Lord, I will look for you, God. I would hear your word. I would remember your word, God, and that I would follow after you, God. Not Satan, God, who's trying to give me a fast way out. Not Satan, who's trying to trick me to say, hey, there's love here. Hey, there's a good feeling here. Hey, there's a high right here. Hey, there's excitement over here. God, to hell with the lies of the enemy, God. And I pray, God, of your truth, Lord God, that you will be mightier in me than he that is in the world. God, deal with me first, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord. And God, I pray for the youth right now, God, that you would have your way. God, that you would help them, God. Help them to lean on you during the wilderness, God. To use the wilderness for the benefit that which you would want it to be used for, God. So that we can honor you. So that you could transform us the way you want to, God. So that we can be more like you, God. And show the world, just like Jesus showed us in the world, that we ought to worship you and serve you only, God. If that is you, and God has been speaking to you, Come to the front. This place is yours right here in the front. 
and see God. Pray to your Lord. Pray to the God of our hearts, the creator of our lives. Reason with God. Ask God to forgive us of our sins. Forgive us for putting people or things, materials in front of him. Repent. Turn from your sins and see God's face. Father, have your way, God. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory, God. We ask you would have your way, Father, in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord. And that is you. Let us pray with you today. If you don't know if you're going to heaven or hell, let us pray with you today. If you don't know whose voice you're listening to anymore, let us pray with you today. If you can't discern the devil's voice from God's voice, you definitely need prayer today. If the lust of the eyes have been capturing your eyes and you've only been thinking about yourself, your future, your dreams, what I want, skip what God wants. I'm not even trying to ask God. I just want to do me. You need Jesus. You need his eyes. You need his mind. You need his aspirations. You need to hear your creator's voice and say, this is my will for your life, son or daughter. If that is you, I will come out of my seats and I will come up here and let me pray with you. Let the leaders pray with you. Don't go another day and say, I got this. Don't let the devil whisper another lie into your head and say, I got this. I'm above reproach. I'm above all that. The devil is a lie. Don't let him lie to you anymore, family. Do not let him lie to you anymore. Let God have his way in this wilderness. I'm going to tell you something. Just because in the past, I don't think I don't get tempted. I was sharing with the leaders today, man. Just the other day, they shot at my children in the neighborhood and tried to kill my kids for nothing. A gunman opens fire, almost shoots my son. Shoots at my kids like they were nothing. They did absolutely nothing. They started shooting at them, trying to kill them. You think I was not tempted? To go and hurt somebody else because they try to hurt my children? Yes, I was tempted. You think as a parent that the righteous thing to do is to protect your children? Of course it is. Do you think now that the devil will not use that against you to get you to do some dumb stuff? Of course he will. He tried to do it with me. Man, I should go back. I should call some guys from the hood. Come over here. Just blow up that whole house. Put that house on fire. Get him out the neighborhood. That sounds like a righteous thing to do. Burn the house down. They have to move then. There it is. It's gone. Sounds like the righteous thing to do. Protect my kids by all costs. Go shoot people. Sounds like the righteous thing to do, but it's not. You know what I had to do? God, I remember your promises, God. You will protect my children. And you will keep them, God. And you're everywhere. And just because I'm not everywhere doesn't mean that they're not going to be safe. See, I believe they didn't get shot that day, which is the day before yesterday, because God was slapping the bullets out the way. He says, no, you will not lay a hand on my children. They are covered in my blood. They are covered in prayer. You will not have them. But don't you think I got tempted as a father? Don't mess with my kids. I'm going all out. Yes, I did. Yes, I got tempted. But I chose the promises of God, family, not the lies of the devil that was in my ear. 
I chose Jesus in that wilderness with you. You may have anger right now in your heart. You may have bitterness right now, even toward God. Like, man, God, I hate you for allowing me to do that. I hate you for allowing it to happen in my life. I can have the same way. God, I hate you for, for putting my children at risk. I hate you for that. Imagine if one of them got killed or something, God forbid. It's easy to be like, I hate you, God, you took my child. I hate you for that. But no, I can't. Because I know this life doesn't, it doesn't go on. It ends. It's, we all got to die. But there's eternity that, that goes on with Jesus. Where's your heart at? You have anger in there? Bitterness? Unforgiveness? Let's give it to Jesus at this altar because guess who will use that? The devil will use that. He will use it to destroy you. Unforgiveness, he will use it to destroy you. Even in the wilderness, complaining spirit, he will use it to destroy you. He did it with the children of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years. And in the end, God said, all of you will die. Only your children will make it in. And they all died. All of them died. Only the children made it out of the wilderness and into the promised land. Read your Bibles. Read Exodus. It's the same devil that was dead. He's still here now. Using the same old stupid tricks. The lust of the eyes. Who are you out there? Where's your heart? Where's it at? Does it belong to God? Is it in God's hand right now? Is it beating for the name of Jesus? Or is it beating just for yourself? I just want to do me. I just want to do me. One of our youth, man, got shot in the hand. He used to come all the time. And I read a status, man, day for yesterday or so. And he said, people are saying I need to slow down or whatever you were saying. He said, man, but I'm just doing me. He had a money sign, a blunt sign, and some other stuff. I'm just doing me without realizing doing you is you're going straight to hell if you die. That's where doing you gets you. Examine your hearts, family. Examine your hearts, man. If we get some leaders to pray with these, uh, these, 